0: Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. everybody. Eric Chen here of the Y Factor. Uh, today, we have Omar Syed, co-founder and CEO of ties.com, where he's helped grow the business to $25 million and more. I um, wanted to be able to share the journey with Omar here and everything that he's done for the business and really the motivators behind the business as well so omar i'd love to have you introduce yourself and we'll dive right into it
1: yeah thank you for having me um i'm also instagramming for those of you who are listening at the same time so um thank you for having me appreciate you guys coming out and i'm excited to um, unleash all these questions on me so i can answer them yeah hopefully i can provide some value
0: Hopefully, otherwise I'll just yeah. nix the, the our, <laughs> mix the podcast and never makes it yeah, on but it's
1: it's happened before so.
0: Has it really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's definitely good information. I've had the opportunity to sit down with Omar um, in terms of the business and you know we were we were having dinner after a conference and just everything that he does in regards to the business, how he you know, portrays his life and how it reflects back in his in, into his business has it's done very well in terms of how he is as a person, reflecting well in terms of his business. So um, part of what you told me is how you portray yourself in the real world is also gonna reflect back in your business. And a a company that revolves around fashion as well with ties and socks, bow ties, everything. Can you share more about how you you incorporate that into your life and into your business?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, you're specifically referring to like, the way I dress?
0: Whether it's the way yeah. you dress, the way you, you know, operate life, even how you get up in the morning? Like.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I mean, I, I, think, I think when we we're talking um, in San Jose after the conference, what I was really referring to is the way you really behave um, sort of outside of the office is a reflection of how you treat people within your business. Um, and my motto has always been to not have necessarily like dual personalities so what you see is what you get with me and i'm the same way at home i'm the same way to um my friends i'm the same way here at work and so there's no like pretension here right you're never going to have the whole world that loves you and you're not going to have the whole world that's going to hate you so if you can just rather focus on being respected than anything else right and and respect really comes from a place where, as cliche as it's going to sound, but from a place where um, you earn it at no matter what level. Um, and I think that's that's sort of like where, where that whole notion comes from. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So you, you talk a bit about respect. Have you ever read the book Shoe Dog with Phil Knight? Um,
1: so I haven't, although it's it's on my Audible list, but I haven't read it. That's no,
0: that's no problem. It's, It's definitely a good book to read. They, they mention in the book or, or Phil, the author mentions in the book, how his father, you know, grew up wanting to, um, really gather that respect of his peers and colleagues, um, in order to, you know, have a successful business or livelihood in that matter. So, um, wanted to kind of get your definition of what, you know, that respect is or what respect is to you. Um, and you know, what you do, in a day-to-day in order to get that from, whether it's your employees or friends?
1: Yeah, well, so I don't think anybody's ever asked me what respect means to me and how I go about garnering it. It's a good question. Um, I think, for me particularly, it comes from a place where people appreciate the work that I do, and if you either are on my team or a business partner with me um, or a vendor for me, that you match my intensity, and so, um, and, Um, I'm not going to say that I'm probably the hardest worker in the industry, but I certainly do work really hard. And I love meeting people who match that sort of hustle and have that same zeal for success. So for me, um, respect is sort of like um, earned, but it's also um, given at the same time, right? So you can't just necessarily demand respect from people or hope to earn it from people, but not necessarily give it back to people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a lot of where where that is earned for me um, is I hope that people realize that I'm as respectful as I can be and I expect the same in return um, but for me respect is something that comes uh, or rather is earned not only through giving it but also from achieving something mm-hmm. right I don't believe there's anything wrong with sort of having that as a, as a motivation to want to succeed in life so um, yeah I would uh, that's an interesting question because I don't think I've ever really sort of critically thought about it but um, I think we're such an individualistic society and where we champion the idea of individualism which is probably why America is sort of the number one economy currently um, but it's because we have this sort of individualistic attitude towards almost everything and we champion this idea of um, of being sort of a lone wolf and you know we applaud those people and um, But at the same time, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with using that, um, you know, seeking respect as a means of motivation Mm -hmm. to to sort of succeed in life. And um, what I was trying to get to is um, when you're focusing on this idea of, oh, respect is earned and you're trying to chase that, then you're, you're always going to get comments from the peanut gallery that say something like, well, you know, like, I'm not here to please everyone, you know, I'm just here to do me. And yeah, of course, but I think at the same time, um, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with, if you're trying to motivate yourself and you say, okay, well, I want to use respect as sort of like this this motivational tool for me to, to do that. It could be anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. for some people, it's money. For other people, it's, it's, it's something else. But, um, you know, I, I grew up in a household where respect was earned and respect was something that we paid a lot of attention to but it's just one more tool for you to sort of like win at life yeah yeah
0: yeah no i I think that's a a great motivator right in one aspect of the business right i don't think it can be the the whole thing in order to keep driving you know you in terms of the business but it's definitely a great bonus um in terms of you know, being able to work with other people, show off really the success that you've had so far sure. and really keep going, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'd love to ask you, um, you know, besides respect, like what other things, um, you know, really drive you yeah. um, in terms of the business, right? Every entrepreneur is always working really hard and they'll go through ups and downs. And have, what's what's your motivation in terms of, or the purpose to keep you going in terms yeah. of the business?
1: Um, so we're now getting sort of like, Um, to the crux of this whole thing, right? Um, I've been on a, you know, uh, self sort of like realization, um, this this journey that I've been on, especially in the last like six months, but primarily throughout my entire life that I haven't uh, paid attention to. But so I grew up really poor. I come from an immigrant background. um, And ultimately what ends up happening is, um, so I'll use my parents as a really good um, example, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners can attest to this. So my parents have been immigrants um, three times over. Um, And both my mom and dad are um, highly educated. Uh, They both have uh, postgraduate degrees. And so um, it's the one thing that nobody could ever take away from them, right? They took away their status. They took away their dignity. They took away their wealth. Families were, were split apart. But the one thing that was never taken away from them was their education. And so that's why it's such a big deal for me in terms of, like, Um, my own motivations but what motivates me is sort of like watching what my parents went through and growing up you know living in a two-bedroom apartment um, it's it's what nourishes my soul right when I wake up in the in the morning and I'm looking at you know panoramic penthouse views I know where I've come from Um, and when I get into my cars I know where that comes from I know what it's like Um, and that's what motivates me and you know, there's there's plenty of of, of sort of um, uh, much much better educated people who have taken um, a stab at trying to figure out what happens to sort of middle America that grow up, and you know, there's this whole component that goes into not necessarily growing up wealthy, but not growing up with any needs, and that mm-hmm. sort of like takes away your hunger or doesn't. You don't have those the same motivations, and so perhaps that's an advantage that you you can you most most sort of immigrant. Um, uh, kids like me have, but um, to answer your question, I think that has been sort of a primary motivation for me, knowing what it's like to grow up poor, knowing what it's like to not have um, sort of the luxuries and you know we were probably uh, some of the better off immigrants, mm-hmm. um, but nevertheless you know you grew up in, in in sort of circles where your friends are you know getting fifty sixty thousand dollar cars on their uh, 16th birthday. Um, That sort of does something to you, right? Um, No matter how sort of even keeled you are, um, it sort of affects you in such a way where you grow up and you say, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to crush it. Can I cuss on this? Oh, yeah. 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 You say. (laughs) Either
0: uh, I'll bleep it out later or it's all good. Um,
1: Yeah. You wake up and you say, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush every day. Um, And um, so that's the sort of like what I've used to get to where I have. And then. Now that I've gotten here, it's this, this idea of like, okay, well, two things, right? Now, like, I have two other motivations. Number one, how do I keep all of this? And then, how do I build abo- above this, right? And um there are too many stories of people who have made it to a certain level and then sort of like <clears throat> the rest on their hind legs and, or, you know, get caught flat-footed. Uh, and so for me, that's the next thing, right? I never want to be that person who just has sort of made it to mediocrity and they're like, ah, oh, this is it, like. Um, The truth is it's not necessarily wealth and it's not comfort. It's just this internal drive I have um, that keeps me motivated. And it's hard because people often ask, like, what is it that keeps you motivated? And aside from, you know, not necessarily losing it and aside from getting to the next level, I don't know what else I can say. Um, There's a really great example of... um, uh, one of the questions that Jay-Z can never answer is when they ask him, you know, how does he write his lyrics? And he really can't answer. That's one question he can never answer. He says, mm. it just happens whenever I'm in a booth, the lyrics come to me. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that. That hunger never goes away. Um, if you're a true entrepreneur, like there's always a hustle around the corner. There's always where you're just like, man, um, you constantly are seeking opportunities or opportunities fall into your... And it's also like this sort of... Um, it's, like, built in the DNA. I literally will sit at a dinner table and within, like, you know, even if it's, like, a friendly, you know, with my, with my friends or with my wife or whoever, like, within, like, a 15-minute con- conversation, I could come up with, like, opportunities within that dinner. And I'm sure you've been there where you're, like, oh, yep. dude, we can totally take this to the next level, right? But most people don't think that way, right? Mm-hmm. Most people just, you know, just having a conversation about a kindergarten. Meanwhile, you're like, wait, I can turn this into a play school. I can actually, mm-hmm. you know, charge for this, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, and I think if you're only, like, true entrepreneurs sort of see these opportunities. Um, but, yeah, so I think those are sort of the long-winded way of me answering this question. No, that's
0: that's, that's good. And yeah. I want to I wanna figure out, like, did you find yourself having that internal drive when you were very young? Or was there a certain point... Your life, was yeah. it like when you were a 13 year old kid or 16 year old kid and you did see your friends, you know, get a nicer car, like what was that turning point for you? Or have you have just been hustling, like uh, maybe like Pokemon cards when you're, yeah. you know, 18 years old, for yeah. instance, yeah. you know, early on?
1: Yeah, you know, so a lot of people like to wax poetically about this idea of like, oh, I used to trade Pogs or Pokemon yeah. <laughs> cards or like whatever, candy bars. You know, sure, like even, you know, I did it um, uh, with candy bars, but. Um, That just makes you, like, at least a hustler, and um, I don't know if that, like, is a litmus test, because I think, you know, I, I mentor four people right now, and one of them's like, oh, I listen to all these podcasts, but I never had that in high school, I never... You know, I never had this drive. I was just like skateboarding. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's not for everyone, right? So I don't want to get on here and tell people like, oh, if you don't have that, then that's, you know, sort if, of an indicator. you never
0: flip something when yeah. you're a kid, and you're yeah. not meant to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. You're saying that's, that's false, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just saying that I don't think that's an only indicator for you to be a successful mm-hmm. um, entrepreneur. Um, and I actually want to come back to this idea of entrepreneurship. And, you know, it's become this sort of like go-to buzzword uh, for people. But we'll come back to it at a, at a, at a different point. Uh, but I think, like, for me, um, what I realized about my motivations personally, or rather for, like, why I thought I always had this hunger in me, was because no matter what I did, it was really competitive in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't matter whether I was playing high school um, soccer, I hate using that word, because it's really football. football, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, or it was, um, you know, like, um, group project or an exam Whatever it was, um, I wanted to be the best at it, and I just like I hate it. I still do. I hate losing. Um, so I think like those are sort of I I don't I don't know again I don't know if those are indicators for making somebody a successful entrepreneur, right? Because in entrepreneurship, you definitely lose, and you have to get used to it. Um, but it, it's at least some indication for like hey, like you're a competitive person, and mm-hmm. like entrepreneurship might be like a route you want to take. Um, But I want to be absolutely clear about this and for those people who are listening to this and they're not necessarily entrepreneurs um, or they're doing really well at their job and they think they're missing out on life. The truth is there are other ways for you to be successful in life and not necessarily have to pursue entrepreneurship. Um, If you're at a really great company and you're being offered a really great opportunity um, where you can make a mark for yourself, you can use that as, um, you know, as a sort of a base for you to, you know, become successful and if you're lined up with the right partners or with the right founders, your work has to be appreciated. And if your work is being appreciated and you're being rewarded for it, then ultimately, you know, like, why Why is it this one other thing that's going to, um, like, this, this title doesn't do anything for you right? other than it being a title? Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of this cultural construct of our time right now where people are like, oh, well, you know, I want to have entrepreneurship on my Instagram handle and that's how I'm going to seek. Um, that's how I'm going to seek. Um, Happiness. What I'm saying here is that um, I'm I'm questioning the convention that's sort of prevalent right now. This idea of like, oh, I I have to be an entrepreneur for me to be successful. Mm -hmm. Other than saying, hey, like if I join a really great team, can I be successful for what I do? But I've been arguing this for years because um, I've had really great people who have been on my team uh, and they're really successful here. Um, but I also know that there are people who are really unhappy at the companies that they're at because they think they need to leave and they need to become entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, and for for the most part, you can totally have side hustles and see if that works out for you before you yeah. sort of like leave and venture off um, before you become an entrepreneur. But if it's just an Instagram handle or you know title you want to have, just put entrepreneur down and move on with your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: and I think you bring up a good point where. You're saying like at least for you, you always want to do your best. You want to win, and oh, yeah. I think a lot of people get lost in in that noise where other entrepreneurs are being successful. But you're saying like if you have a great job, you're at a great company, why not attempt to do your best while you're there as well and take opportunities that are present to you versus looking on the other side? Yeah, I mean it's
1: human nature, right? Like um, we always want what's on the other side of the fence, um, and what's what's exactly what exacerbates this uh, and compounds this sort of like fomo is every day on instagram right like there's always someone crushing it mm-hmm. i do this all the time as an exercise here we'll do it right now and for your listeners what we're doing is we're just going to go through instagram real quick so i do this almost every time when i'm trying to prove this point so um can you block out these names when you're doing this so in any event <laughs> but like let's look at this so here's a person you know posting wow so this one's on vacation right Um, this one is modeling and she you know fairly successful Um, here's somebody like at a concert that's an ad Um, I don't know what to do with people who post photos of of food anymore (laughs) but um, here's a person like hanging out in dope Chicago here's a person on vacation Um, here's a person that's killing it on Instagram like with their fashion Um, so there's always
0: like Oh, here's Here you there go. There's yeah. someone's helicopter. Someone's
1: helicopter, right? Like, there's so at a movie there, premiere. Yeah, there's always someone that's like absolutely crushing it. Here's another person that's like riding ATVs. Here's another person on vacation. So you constantly get this whole thing where you're like, well, what am I doing with my life? Like, why do I not have this like sense of happiness? Why am I not being driven around in cool like Cadillacs being picked up, you know, everywhere? Like, what am I? What is it that I'm doing with with my life? And so, you, if you're inundated constantly in your social media with these sort of like snippets of positive things that are happening mm-hmm. in, in other people's lives and you get these micro moments of happiness but the platform is completely built on presenting micro moments of everyone's lives you think that like oh my god everyone, everyone their out entire there, life exactly yeah. but the truth is like look you might see me post a you know, a 30-second clip of me in a Ferrari, but the truth is you have no fucking idea how long it took me to get there, right? Mm-hmm. You might watch me, like, you know, drink wine in my, with my penthouse views, but you have no idea what my day has been like, right? Like, you have no fucking idea. I might have had, like, a shit-ass day for the past 16 hours, and I'm just fucking trying to enjoy a few hours of a sunset. So you have no idea what it took for me to get there. And so, like, ultimately, what enrages me is... Um, or rather gets me passionate let me rephrase that Um, but what like gets me sort of going is that you get these micro moments of people's like happiness and it's compounded because everybody presents these moments right and so you know people are having children people are going on vacation people are like you know oh I just raised around Mm -hmm. but really you have no idea what those people have gone through to get there right like um, and if we weren't on a podcast, we'd really give you crude examples. But, um, but no, that's the, that's the thing. You know, like I'll, I'll post stuff up here. But the truth is that like every day is a grind, right? And if you're not ready for that, um, there's no reason for you to be an entrepreneur. And you at least have some perspective is what I'm saying is that not everyone's lives are perfect. Not everyone lives that lifestyle every single day. And that the moments that you have in your life, that when you're down, just understand that everyone else is going through the same thing. Maybe not with the same sense of severity, I'll admit to that, but there's certainly, whatever they're going through is equally as tough for them as whatever you're going through is for you, you know? And I always tell people, there's no reason for you to compare your problems to other people's problems, right? Because you have no idea what other people are going through. Look, for some people, like, you know, um, as silly as this may sound, like for some people... Not getting that apartment that they really want is like the worst thing that has happened to them. But you have no idea like, you know, what else is going on in their lives. And, and and the truth is that it's all relative, right? Like you have no idea what they've grown up with and what they haven't. And so I always like to tell people like half perspective. For me, emotional intelligence is a huge component of, <laughs> of sort of a fit for you to be in my life and vice versa if you don't have this like sense of emotional intelligence. But at the same time, you can't let people take advantage of you. You can't be in organizations that, that, that take advantage of you. You can't be in an environment where it's toxic. You can't be in an environment where you're not being developed for whatever reason. So I say that you know when I say, hey, I'll, don't look at other people and you know think the grass is always greener on the other end. And I say, be be happy with with what you have in the company and see if there's opportunities there. But at the same time, you can't let other people walk all over you if you're not being appreciated for your talents, if you're not being rewarded for those talents, if you're not being developed in the way that you think you ought to be developed, then that's an opportunity for you to sort of venture out and say, okay, well, maybe I'll go seek an opportunity with someone else, or maybe I'll I'll go somewhere else and do something else, or maybe I'll go start my own thing. Those are really valid reasons, Mm -hmm. but not because you're on Instagram and you see other people like crushing it, because you have no idea how long it took them, right? And I want to be clear about this. I was in massive debt before any of this, right? But that's a sense of, like, I had that conviction. I said, okay, I want to believe in this. But that was years ago. I certainly don't want to be in debt in my mid-30s, right? So, um, But I did that when I was in my early 20s and I got over it and and, and I did it. So, um, yeah, that was a long way of answering that question. But I'll try to make them shorter.
0: Next <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, you, you touch on a lot of really good points in terms of business and, you know, giving perspective to the listeners and you know what to look out for understanding and recognizing you know people are all walking their own individual paths really yeah um and you really shouldn't you know just look at other people seeing how much further ahead of you because everyone's on their own timeline yeah essentially yeah hey can you give
1: me some data on what is the average listener like what do you think they're listening for i mean
0: love to like hear about you know a time that you struggled through your business, and yeah. you know, what was there a point you wanted to quit or you wanted to, um, or what? Did, what kept you going? You know, was it your your family, your wife, your business partner? You know, what is it that kept you going? Really?
1: Um, yeah. So um, definitely, I mean, to to say that you haven't been through hardships is um, both arrogant and sort of um, not necessarily uh, introspective, right? I've definitely been through massive. Hardships financially. Um, the world of entrepreneurship is filled with loneliness. Um, they often say that, but it's absolutely true. Um, you go home carrying the world's problems on your shoulders, and you don't always necessarily want to take those problems home. Um, so you, you know, you sort of like go by yourself, and that's why there's so much um, depression and alcoholism in, in, in entrepreneurship. So um, for me, I think what kept me. Um, sort of saying through all of it is yeah, having um, a really good business partner. So having um, a business partner really really helps out in that you both can use each other as sort of support, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah I met my wife a few years later after I'd started the business um, and so she became also a source of motivation. But it's also hard you know because you don't want to take all your problems home every single day. Um, But specifically, like I said earlier, you know, I went through, um, I put myself in debt um, while everybody else in the office was eating like lions. And I talk very often about this. I don't think a lot of the new team members know about this, but there was a particular time when we were renovating these offices and my business partners and I didn't pay ourselves um, for a better part of three years. Um, And everybody else, they were getting paid six-figure salaries um bonuses free lunches you know dogs running around and we're doing company events but literally i would go home and like eat top ramen um you know i'd look forward to like running home on on, on the weekends to go to my parents house and eat food while everybody else ate like kings and we never talked about it. it was nothing that we ever discussed publicly the only other person outside of us that knew that was you know our accounting team that were you know, they were doing And
0: they're payroll. looking at the numbers and yeah. they're saying, oh, wait yeah, a minute. And it was
1: funny because we had this one accountant and she was such a fantastic um, team member but she would come and she would like literally would be in tears. She's like, hey, like, because she saw it all, right? So, she would be like, hey, so I got this call from, you know, so-and-so and they're going to put you in collections and you, you're like, okay, whatever, you know, because you know at the end of the day what you're trying to achieve and you never want to miss payroll and, Thank God we have a missed role ever. So, um, but you know, you put yourself through that because you believe in something. As long as like you're smart enough to be able to put yourself through it. But um, what motivated us throughout the entire thing was number one, we had a really fantastic team, and we wanted to support our team. But also like our, what we were investing in in terms of business units, business development, but also figuring out our supply chain. And this is when we were really building out our supply chain overseas mm-hmm. um, and making it more robust. Uh, standardizing our product, standardizing our packaging. Um, we knew we were on the right track, and the indicators were were there. We weren't just doing this because we were sort of foolish and you know whatever. Because by then, at least I was in my late 20s. Uh, and my business partners are older than I am, and so for them it was, you know, probably harder than it was for me. But we sort of like doubled down, and we figured our way through. It and you know, it's been really wonderful in the last four or five years, but it or three years, four years. But it was tough. It was a tough road. Um, But, you know, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg in terms of like hardships. And I want to sit here and talk about every single one of them. But I think what the common denominator here is if you have conviction. um, So if you have convictions, plus you have persistence, that's how you get through almost everything. I always love whenever I meet somebody and they're like, oh, I've been trying this. And my Instagram DMs, I think I showed Kenny this once. Um, my Instagram, uh, DMS are filled with things like, you know, what is the one thing that you did to um, become successful as if there's a panacea for it all. Right. And oh, there's yeah. like, <laughs> um, but I always love when people are like, um, what is the one thing that you've done? So you tell them, you give them some sort of an answer and then, cause you know what they're searching for. And then they literally hit you back with something like, well, I've already been doing that. and you know, I don't, I'm not seeing any success and I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And how did you know when not to stop? And you're like, well, how long have you been doing this? And, you know, ultimately something like, oh, six months or a yep. year. Um, actually, this one guy was, uh, told me, he's like, oh, um, I've been working hard my whole life and nothing is working for me. And I was like, oh man, I've, I actually felt really bad for him. And so, so I'm DMing him back. I'm like, well, what is it that you're doing? And at one point, I was like, well, how long... Because he kept on saying, like, my whole life, and it's so hard, and I'm not making anything happen. I'm like... You know, and I almost wanted to be like, well, maybe entrepreneurship isn't for you. I was like, well, how, how long have you been doing this? He goes, you know, for like a couple of years. I'm like, okay, well, how, how old are you? You know, you sound like you're still pretty young. And I'm thinking like, you know, maybe he's like in his late 20s, early 30s. he's like 18 years old. I almost like blocked his ass. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 18 years old. Like, what could you have been doing? You know, I'm not like diminishing anybody's hustle. But still, like, there's no way of... Listen, if you're like... If you, if you haven't made it 25 yet, like... I'm not
0: saying that and you're not... And awesome. so tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, life is really, really tough and business is tough. So you can't, like, at 18, tell me that you've worked your whole life really hard and you haven't made it yet. Because, please, you know. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, it goes back to the whole thing about the exercise we just ran through Instagram, right? Yeah. Especially now in this age, you see a lot of success. You see a lot of those snippets, um, glimpses of, you know, the finer life. And it's because people do want to show off that, that lifestyle, right? They're like, oh... This weekend I do finally get to eat at this Michelin star restaurant, or yeah. this time I do get to, you know, drive a nice car for the weekend. Yeah, but yeah. they just yeah. they they don't realize all of that. Well, that's what it is, right? Like if
1: somebody's just gotten some like private jet tickets, you know, to fly from here to I don't know wherever and you know, a limo is picking them up and they literally choose to capture those moments. And sure, rightly so, maybe they've worked really hard and you know, like they've had a rough week or they've had a successful week and they want to share that with their friends and their family and they're followers and so they, they're sharing that because they're proud of it but everybody else watches that and they're like oh man what am I doing with my life at least that's what most people do right mm-hmm. and, and even if you don't like verbalize it there's like a part of you it's human nature to say that but I also think it's for people to have perspective and be like okay well congratulations for them on that moment but you know I'm sure they've worked really hard and whatever um, but yeah as long as like you have a little bit of perspective when it comes to like other people's success and, or at least other people's seeming like they're having success so yeah yeah
0: so I think it's a good point, at least for people who are interested in entrepreneurship and um, going through this journey to figure out whether it's for them, right? Also take the step back, as Omar said, to see where you're at, see the opportunity that's already present to you and seeing if, if it's the job that you're not happy with, what if you could just change some things around and then be happy at your current job and yeah. be successful, right? Yeah. And work more closely with your bosses that could be become your mentor versus maybe it's a, a a sort of a habit that if you go pursue entrepreneurship and you're not going to be happy either. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, so I say that and I want to be careful with answering this because it's always like when people are like, Hey, should I drop out of college? You're like, I don't know if I should answer this (laughs) for you. Um, I mean, I know what I would do if I, if I went back, I wouldn't go back to school. Um, I dropped out of college. Um, and it was really sort of a struggle You know, when we started off, I told you guys that for my parents, that was really important. It was for a couple of reasons. Number one, all immigrants want their children to like be educated, you know, like that whole story. But the other thing for my parents, you know, my dad sat us down when we were really young and he said, listen, they can take away everything from you. It doesn't matter. They can take away everything. But the one thing they can never take away is what you have up here. They can never take away your education. And it always resonated with me. But I dropped out of school. But just imagine, you know, your parents have worked their entire lives they worked really really hard and you've gotten into college and they see that as their success right like your success is an extension of what they have accomplished mm-hmm. and so and it's tough for immigrant kids I, i'm not gonna lie because mm-hmm. you know their happiness depends on like how successful you are in life and you're like their bragging rights right like you're uh, all that so in any if you're their retirement plan you're everything and so, But I remember, because um, I got into school and then I decided that I was going to drop out, but I didn't tell them about it. My brother was the only one who knew. And then later I had to tell my parents. Um, and it was really tough. I remember my mom wouldn't even look at me um, when I was telling them this. Um, and I dropped out and then I went back. But um, I want to be clear about this. So when people say things like, should I drop out of school or should I stay in this company? You have to be smart at recognizing whether or not the opportunities that you have versus the opportunities that are out there, right? There's always a cost-benefit analysis that needs to happen. And so if you're a smart person and you're in an organization that's going somewhere, then great. Take advantage of that work, like Eric said, with your bosses, the founders, whoever, you know, especially if you're in a small company. Um, But understand that there's a cost associated with that because you're like you have youthful exuberance and those youthful exuberant years only last for a certain amount of time and so if you're like wasting those years at a wrong organization um then that's not necessarily the right thing to do either right so and that's a tough thing because you know Mm -hmm. like at i don't know at 18 to 22 to 25 how are you supposed to know i don't even know if i ever figured this out right i just got lucky but um uh, I think the, the first thing you have to recognize is whether or not the company that you're with is um, is going anywhere and whether or not you're going to have opportunities with this company if it makes it there and then once you figure that out you have to figure out like okay well how can I provide value um, you know I'm in my mid-30s so I grew up listening to other people speak about this topic all the time um, and I don't hear this so much in podcasts anymore but This idea of, like, what value do I bring to the table as opposed to what's out there for me? Mm -hmm. So I'm a millennial, but I'm a much older millennial than the current generation of millennials. But I think that's sort of like a dissonance between the two um, age groups. I think I grew up with this mindset of, and certainly people older than me, we grew up with this mindset of saying, okay, well, what value do I bring before I ask for anything? Versus, you know, well, what's out there for me? Do I get enough vacation days? And, you know, like, am I going to have live my best life? And, you know, um, so if, if, if that's important for you, then, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Don't, don't ever apply to a job over here. Um, but I think, like, ultimately, if, if you have this mindset of what value do I bring to the table? What value can I bring? I think you'll be received differently. Um, but yeah, I wanted to take a moment and, and, and clarify that because I don't want anybody to be like, well, I listen to Omar and he's told me to stick, stick around in this company and this place wasn't going anywhere. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, how do I determine, you know, I don't have enough life experience or how do I determine whether or not the, the company's going somewhere? Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself people who can advise you. Like I grew up in a household where we had no social capital. And if you haven't um, been a nerd like me and read a ton of sociology books, social capital is um, ostensibly... Um, sort of cultural capital where you pick up the phone and you call your dad or your mom and you say, hey, mom, can you introduce me to so-and-so? And And they have a personal network that can do that. So that's what social capital is. And so I grew up with none of it. And when you grow up with not having that, you figure out other ways to become resourceful. So for me, early on, I realized, um, hey, I I found a really great mentor. um, And if you've read um, rich dad, poor dad. You'll 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 understand this. But I um, found a rich dad, um, and in no way was that disrespectful to my own father, who I deeply respect and love, and um, have taken a lot of life lessons from. But my father was never a millionaire, um, at least not in, in America, and certainly not at that level. Uh, my dad wasn't educated here in America, so he couldn't provide me with sort of the value that my rich dad could. And so um, find yourself a mentor early on and you can learn a ton from other people's mistakes, from other people's successes. And so, um, and, and believe you me, there are plenty of people out there who are willing to take a few minutes out of their week or out of their month and, and give you sort of advice. And you don't have to follow everything tit for tat, but, or tit for tit, but at least, um, at least um, it can provide you with some like valuable um, lessons, having somebody. So if, if you're at those crossroads and you don't know whether or not the company is the right thing or you're at the crossroads for starting your own business or if you're at the crossroads for making any sort of large decisions and you can't go to your personal circle and find yourself mentors, find yourself like peers that are more successful than you. And, and if you have a circle of confidence that you can reach out to and say, um, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you guys think? Um, that's where you sort of, like, live this fulfilled life, and, you know, and oftentimes, I will say that even when I'm having a really, really tough day, being able to reach out to other people who are either entrepreneurs, or or people who have been to where I've been, or are much bigger than I am, um, they can, you know, give me perspective, you know, like, because I'm sure, like, you know, I have had days um, where things don't align, or things don't make sense to me, and, you know there's so much happening and it makes sense to like reach out to somebody else and say hey what do you think of this like this is sort of like where i am um whether it's like i said a business decision marketing decision or life decision or whatever it is so um that's one way to figure out whether or not where you are in life is where you need to be um i hope that helps
0: yeah Yeah. it's about bringing in your network your your colleagues your peers maybe your business partner and have the opportunity to bounce off these ideas and really reflect on where you're at in yeah. order to make these you know decisions to pivot off of.
1: Yeah, and so if there's a critique, and you know I'm a very introspective person, and I'll admit to this. The one thing that I didn't do early on in, in my career, um, in my mid-20s, is um, I didn't chase like a, a network of other entrepreneurs. I really ostracized myself, and I really focused on my business. And that's great, because I used to argue for that business move, I would say. I don't need to go to these meetups, I don't need to meet people, like I haven't accomplished anything. It's this two-fold system, right, like number one, you don't think you're successful enough to be in a room full of successful entrepreneurs, um, and number two, like the sense of like embarrassment or the sense of not belonging. And then this other thing is like, you fear, like, hey, if I'm not at the office and working really hard, then who's going to do this work? But the truth is, A, that work is never going to end to this day, you know, it's been after eight, nine years. And, you know, if I wanted to, I could still work like 25 hours a day, and I regularly work, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Uh, so the work never stops. I want to be clear about this. But also, um, whether or not you believe you belong in a room because of your success is really sort of a um, immature way of looking at it. What you really should be looking for is figuring out whether or not you can provide value to other people whenever you go to a networking event or a meetup or something like that. But also the other thing is that when you go and meet other people, you get to realize a few things. You get to realize that they, too, are going through the same struggles, no matter what level they're at. Um, you get to learn from them. You get to bounce ideas. And you get to build your circle of confidence at a much earlier pace. And so that's probably a self-critique of mine for a very long time. And the more, the more people I meet now, the more I realize I should have done this at a much younger age. And I'm sure we all have been there where we look at business opportunities or life opportunities and think to ourselves, like, man, if I had known this earlier, this is me telling you, like, if you're like, you know, if you're still young or I I, I guess it doesn't matter how old you are. But um, I definitely would recommend um, getting out there and, you know, spending a few hours out of your week meeting people and doing all that stuff.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think a lot of people... They get afraid of, um, you know, just being nervous and fumbling over their words when they go meet people, mm-hmm. not realizing everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's mm-hmm. nervous to talk to each other at networking groups. Maybe sure. they all came alone, right? There yeah. are going to be a few who have their friends. Yeah. But those are guys. Those are the people who are really scared because they needed someone to comfort them, right? Yeah. Then if you focus on the right things of what can you bring to the table, what can you learn from other people, I think that's really where you're going to start diving yeah. into these of conversations.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good point because I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, if I go over there, I too have to have either had those experiences or have had some of those successes for me to be able to contribute to a conversation. But the truth is, it's not necessarily true. Um, all you need to do is go be a fly on the wall, right? And be a lurker for the first couple of months. And there's plenty of, of, of organizations. Um, like Stacking Growth is one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you can just go be a fly on the wall and just absorb all the information that's out there until you're ready to contribute or you know there are people who are in that group who've never contributed and they just go and learn a ton so but same thing like i used to be a mixer g um listener for a very long time before i got interviewed there and that was one of my goals one of my goals was to be interviewed on there um but yeah i just sat there and like i listened as much as i could i listened to noah kagan heaton shaw neil patel um uh seth godin um you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. I literally listened and watched all these entrepreneurs crushing it. I'm sure they were a little bit older than I was, and they had started their businesses a lot earlier. But nevertheless, that was AO motivation, but I tried to absorb as much as I could. But that's a community that I participated in. Maybe it was digital, and it wasn't the right one. But at least I learned a lot by just being a lurker, and Mm -hmm. that's that's exactly the way you ought to treat, like, you know, even uh, meetups and meeting other people. But Um, And the truth is that when you go to events like that or organizations like that, there's always people at your level. It doesn't matter how big it gets, right? Like there are people above you. There are people who are like 10 years above you and there are people who are like at your level and there are people who are just starting. So it doesn't matter. You constantly learn from those environments and definitely put yourself out there.
0: Well, thank you so much, Omar, for sharing a ton of wisdom in regards to… You know, what really motivates you, whether it is the respect or it's to challenge yourself and to maintain you know, your life and your business um, and also sharing tips about how other people can continue to elevate their own selves, their personal growth through their careers, through their personal lives. So I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to, yeah, to share with me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, in summation by the way literally that's what we're walking away from we're saying you got to get motivated by having respect jesus
0: (laughs) i mean honestly i I think in terms of like the respect aspect i mean there's some like negative negative connotation of like it's just like oh i only work for respect but i think your definition of respect or respect is something different than what most people think of i think it's really the the hard work um and just people recognizing that and yeah. knowing that this is what they have to do in order to be Absolute. at that level. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's not just like, I demand respect because I have a lot of money or I drive nice cars. Yeah. It's you no, know, this is the area that you should focus on of the, the hard work that people in this position put so much that, you know, blood, yeah. sweat and tears into. Yeah. And that is really the definition of respect. Yeah. I think through this conversation, um, and having with you is, just, yeah. I think what you're, you're more, more aiming towards. Yeah, right? absolutely.
1: Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that so that
0: way it gives it some, <laughs> some context. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening until the very end. You can find more information about my guest on the website at yfactorpodcast.com. I'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview. A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website. Share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Y Factor.